Hi, I'm Katie. And I'm Amy. And this is Monumental, a small show about the big things God does in the lives of ordinary people. Hola, hola! Today we get a good dose of Costa Rica, and we're not talking about coffee. We get to hear today from Natalie Richards, the wife of Pastor Robbie Richards from Grace Church in Espanol, and we can't wait for you to hear her story, from the hippie beaches and dreads to the humble servant she is today. She's going to share with us what it is to come to Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. I was born in San Jose, Costa Rica. So San Jose is the capital. And uh, Costa Rica is a small country in <laughs> Central America. Small, beautiful country. Yeah. <laughs> so I grew up in the city, and uh, my mom and my dad got married. I'm the oldest. And then they had uh, my sister, and then they got divorced when I was three years old. Mm-hmm. And my mom remarried, and my dad remarried. And so I grew up with, like, two families. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I grew up going to Catholic church because that's really big in Latin America countries. So your parents were um, practicing Catholics? My mom and her husband were. My dad wasn't. Okay. He went only like once a month to Mass, and Mm -hmm. we went every Sunday. Okay. Though I never understood the gospel Mm -hmm. growing up in the Catholic church. Right. I mean, I listened to someone talk about Jesus Mm. and reading the scriptures, but nothing made sense to me. Mm. Like it wasn't explained or Mm. it wasn't clear. It was actually like a faraway God who would be very angry when I did wrong. Mm. Mm. That was my the concept in my mind, right? Of who God was. Okay. Yes. And so um, people in Costa Rica are just, they're happy. They are, it's just a small country. So most people know each other from where you're from. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's good food. And so <laughs> it's built around uh, relationships too. It's very mm-hmm. relational culture. Yes, yeah. very relational. The family sticks together. Yeah. Everybody knows everything about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For <laughs> good or open. for bad. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. We're gonna put evil. Good and bad. Yeah, yeah. Did you growing up? Did you feel like you had any? Did you have any desire to know more, to understand more about what you didn't understand in the Bible, or were you like, eh, that's just not for me? Yeah, I actually had like a emptiness mm. in my heart always. I didn't know it was an emptiness, but there was always something pushing me to search for the truth. Mm. I I knew God existed. That was okay. a certainty in my life, but I didn't know how to find him mm. or who he was or how to talk to him, but mm. I knew God existed. I just did, did not know who he was. Right. Did you want to know who he was or did that idea of him being angry at you for doing wrong or just this angry god did that keep you from wanting to find out more about who he was or um yeah i actually knew that wasn't true like deep down in me i knew he wasn't an angry god and actually i really wanted to know him i wanted to to pursue i wanted to 
find out the truth that was because mm. I, I was con- mm. there was a lot of confusion in me about religion or about spirituality mm. but I knew there was a truth and so that drived me to just look for him and search him mm-hmm. but I searched him in all the wrong places mm. <laughs> <laughs> I yes I that emptiness it mm. had to be filled with something and so okay. I started when I was uh, in high school I, I didn't choose very wisely my friends, but I was drinking a lot because they were drinking. Mm-hmm. And so I started partying a lot and I started drinking and mm-hmm. being drunk every weekend mm-hmm. to the point of waking up maybe Monday, getting ready to go to school and just putting a little bit of alcohol in my coffee. Mm-hmm. And so I just searched him. I just tried to fill that emptiness with at that point with alcohol Alcohol. about how old were you when that started yeah i was like 16 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah 15 16 yeah yeah Yeah. that's pretty young yeah yeah and so that um led me to know a friend or to meet someone that i thought was very wise because he didn't drink Mm. and he told me i don't think that's good for you i knew that wasn't good for me but (laughs) (laughs) someone else said that he said the 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 way is smoking marijuana and so Mm. i was like yes this is the truth i'm gonna try it because i i know drinking is not good i can see the consequences Mm. i was lying Mm. to my family i'm the oldest of eight and so i was a bad example. Uh, I was lying, mm-hmm. purposely deceiving others yeah. to mm-hmm. get away, to go to a party, or I would never say where I was going because I wouldn't be you allowed want, to go. Yeah, okay. So your family didn't really know this was going on. You were... So they did know, okay. my dad especially, because mm-hmm. he would drink a little too. And uh-huh. he, he, he kind of, he, he didn't, didn't want me to party like that, but he, he's a he parties too. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he, like I would call him to rescue me when I didn't know where I was or I was too drunk and I would say, Dad, can you please come get me? Mm-hmm. So for your dad, it was almost like a point of connection for you and him yes. to be able to um, relate. Ha- relate to one another yes, with correct. over drinking. Mm. In fact, I remember one time that he told me, if you're going to drink, you're going to start with me. You're going to do it well. Mm. So (laughs) I'm going to teach you the right way. Yeah. Yeah. So So this guy or friend who came to you and said, no, no, drinking isn't the right way. Marijuana is is the way to fill. Was he saying to fill this emptiness that you have or what was or he just saw that drinking was not good, that it was had negative consequences. And he thought marijuana was a healthier way to. Yeah, he thought the way to God was through smoking marijuana and one time when mm. I had a, I had a conversation with him mm. and I told him that I was searching for the truth mm. and that I knew that drinking was wrong he was my classmate in high school okay. and we just had a good conversation about the truth and he said well I know the truth and mm. so he started to just telling me things that were wise in my eyes right. and mm. it wasn't drinking and he said come and try it and so I did I started smoking mm. a lot 
to feel that emptiness. Mm, yeah. and, um, and he was telling you, oh, this, this is will. the truth. This, this is, is the it. way. Yes. Yeah. And he actually showed me the way to Rastafarianism, which is a religion. Yeah. So I became a Rasta. Can you explain, <laughs> yeah. what, explain yes. what that is? Rastafarianism yeah. is. So Rastafarianism is like, it's just a religion that a lot of people believe that Haile Selassie I, who was an emperor in Ethiopia, was Jesus, that Jesus had come back in the form of Haile Selassie. So Rastas, especially uh, black people with dreads, and mm. I loved that because I love black people and I love dreads. I had, I had dreads for three years. So that, that culture really, really captured my, my heart. Mm. And so they have their own Bible and they believe that smoking marijuana, it enlightens you and you hmm. get closer to God when you mm -hmm. smoke. Hmm. So I believed that and I read the Bible and I believed what they believed. I'm curious, what um, what kinds of things are in this, in this book? Mm. Yes, yes. It's kind of like the Bible, except Jesus is, is not there. It's kind of like they take Proverbs or Psalms or they okay. take little pieces of the scripture that sound good mm -hmm. uh, even their songs if you really listen to reggae yeah. to reggae music yeah. their songs are all about uh, one love one heart yeah. let's get together uh, or they talk about social injustice or right. they talk about like by the rivers of babylon where mm. we so it's a song oh, okay. so they mm -hmm. they but it's but it's not the complete truth, right? Mm -hmm. It's not complete. <laughs> right. It's not complete, right? Yeah. And yeah. do they add things? So, um, yes. Haile, what's his name? Haile Selassie. First. Haile yeah. Selassie. It, is there, are there stories of his life in this book or? No. No. No, okay. actually, Haile Selassie, when all the Rasta, when he came to Jamaica, I believe all the Rastas came and they worshiped him and he said, I am not Jesus. He, okay. he was saying he was not Jesus, but everyone misunderstood the scriptures about the second coming, mm. and they just think he, he was... Mm. He was the second coming of Jesus. Yeah. Okay. What, made, what made them think that about him? I don't know. Actually, now that when I look back, I don't know why I believe that, because there's not a logic explanation. <laughs> <laughs> there's not a reason for me to... Mm. Why did I believe that? I, it mm. was like I was blind. Mm. I was completely blind. Same with the alcohol and yeah. And actually, I believed it so much that I would tell my brothers and sisters and my parents that you needed to smoke. Mm. So mm -hmm. I was at, asking them to smoke because so, you thought it was a way for them also to be enlightened to, yes. and find this truth that you thought you had found also. yes 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 i'm like i yeah. finally found the truth mm. you just gotta come with me and see it for yourself but these so if they thought that smoking marijuana brought them closer to god was there some kind of ritual that you did along with smoking marijuana was there some kind of like like a worship service that happened or what was yes actually it was always together so you always smoked together and you shared it so you passed it along and you were always together and that concept of community mm. we shared food we shared clothes we shared a place to live we shared everything we had and so that concept for me was very appealing because mm. people mm. were kind yeah. rastas were not about 
uh, doing problems, real Rastas. They were not drinkers. Yeah. They lived by the earth. They planted their own food. Right. They, the community that I had with them was the best community I've had. And because mm -hmm. we in Costa Rica are so relational, right. yeah. that was it very really appealed important. to you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So you were still in high school <clears throat> when you became a Rastafarian. Yes, I was actually, that was the last year of high school. So I quit drinking and I started smoking, but it, it was so much trouble with my family that I decided to go live with my father mm. and his wife because mm. my mom would be like, Natalie, can you please comb your hair? Can you please dress well? Can you please not talk back to me? She was right. Okay. Now that I'm a mom, yeah. Yeah. I have asked forgiveness so many times. <laughs> but the rules and expectations in my point of view were so, uh, were, were so high and I wasn't, I mean, I was always, always in trouble that I said, I'm going to go and live with my mm. father because he, he'll be better. Uh, he'll, li he'll let he, me do what I want. Yeah, he's mm. a little bit more free thinking. You don't get it. And so I left and I mm. lived with my father for the last year of high school. But of course, I was such a bad influence and I, and I did what I wanted. I wasn't submissive to their rules and I smoked at their house and mm. I even planted marijuana at their house. Mm that when I finished high school, I left and I lived at the beach. Mm -hmm. And that's where the community came from. Mm -hmm. That's where we shared. The Rastafarian oh, community. Okay. Yes. So when you were at your dad's house, did they know what was going on? Did they know that you were smoking there and planting marijuana there and the, yes. that stuff? Okay. Yes, because I was open about it because yeah. I really thought that, you that he was going to be accepting of it. Yeah, and then, he became, you became a Rastafarian evangelist is what you became. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> you yes. really wanted to propagate this because you really thought it was it. Yes. So you graduated from high school and then you moved out of your dad's house and you went and lived on the beach with your other Rastafarian friends. Yes. <laughs> They're still there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I lived there for about uh, maybe a year, hmm. a little bit more than a year. And how did that look? How did that work? <laughs> yeah. I used to do jewelry. So yeah. we all sat and did jewelry and then we went to sell it because Costa Rica's greatest income is tourism. Hmm. And so we made beautiful jewelry out of. Uh, seeds and shells yep. and beautiful Aww. things and so we all went to sell it and we lived out of jewelry Whatever you sold. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. which was very simple but Rasta's mindset is a simple living mm -hmm. so that also appealed to me like just yeah. being simple and and so we shared everything we had and you lived in tents or what was your living uh, we, arrangement like mm -hmm. so we just rented a big house and it mm -hmm. was like uh, five of us. Okay. There was a, um, a Rasta. He married a lady from Germany. And so they spent six months out of the year in Germany. And so when he was in Germany, we took care of his house because they I built see. the house. So that was free for us okay. uh, while we took care of his property. So yeah, the first six months of me being at the beach were at his house. Oh, okay. Okay. And he's a, yeah, he's a Rasta. Because you say, I, I went and lived on the beach I'm like envisioning you camping out on the beach like, <laughs> almost but almost, almost like okay that, I <laughs> because there's there's a lot of housing that's right it is right on right on the, the beach, beach. Uh -huh. yes. so it, it is it's not a tent but yeah. you're living you are living right and you're spending a lot of your beach. time yes. on the beach you don't need a car like you can I yeah. we just had bicycles yeah and we just it's 
easy to just make rice and beans and yeah. you fish so you get fish mm. pretty yeah. simple it's simple <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah so what kind of things were you thinking i guess spiritually or in terms of god like the true god at that time were you did you have a sense of like okay that emptiness in me has been filled up i mean as yeah. a Christian, I think I know the answer to that. Like, yeah. no, of course it hadn't been, but yeah. you know, in our well, sinful nature, we can feel at peace in our sin sometimes. Yeah. And so, what was it like for you? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question because I can tell you the rest what happened. But um, so for me, that only lasted for a little bit. Okay, yeah. And the, that, mm. that same feeling of emptiness, mm-hmm. there was something telling Returned. me this is not it. Yeah. So you weren't really getting enlightened. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> I, was, huh. I was losing more neurons in my brain. <laughs> no, I, I enjoyed time with them. But once again, that... Okay, so my family and my mother's side, mm-hmm. my mom, my dad, and my step... Uh, uh, brothers and sisters, they opened the house for a church to meet at their home. So it's a Christian church. My mom became a believer. She mm. prayed for all of us, her husband and my siblings. They all became believers except oh. me. Mm. And so th- the church didn't have a place to meet, and they started meeting at my mom's house. Mm-hmm. So this is while I, I, I'm at the beach. Right. And I, they were praying and fasting for me mm-hmm. this whole time. And wow. the times that I went back to the city and visited my mom, I saw a change in her, mm-hmm. a complete change. She loved me. She was uh, listening to me, even mm-hmm. though she knew I was, I was wrong. She had this new, mm-hmm. there was something in her. A new creation. And, yes. Mm-hmm. And there was something in my family that I was like, this is very interesting. There's something happening. And that, just seeing my family mm-hmm. life change, mm-hmm. drove me to, to the question, um, do I have that? Mm-hmm. Do I have yeah. that same love, mm-hmm. that same patience, that new thing they have? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so little did I know they were really praying and fasting for me to come back home. So I remember I knew it wasn't working. I knew there were some things that were not right, and I started drinking again. Mm-hmm. So now I smoked and I drank. And that community would say drinking is You're, bad. Yeah. They so would. did they know that you had gone back to that, or what? What did they? Yeah, they just. I mean, some of them drink there, so okay. I just now became friends with rastas that drink. Oh, and okay. I worked okay. at a bar. They gave me a job oh. at a bar, and so I started drinking again. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And there was this one night that I had drunken too much and smoked too much, and I just laid in the floor, and I just mm-hmm. remember saying, who are you? Mm-hmm. Like, God, who are you? This is such a mess. I know I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, who mm-hmm. are you? Mm-hmm. And I passed out. And the next morning, there was a feeling in my heart to go to my mom's house. Mm-hmm. So I sold the jewelry I had. It was exact for that I, what I needed to get home. Exact. Oh, the bus ride yes. home. Yeah. The bus ride home, yes. Yeah. And so it was a Thursday, and they met Thursdays. And I, I happened to get... Her Bible study. Her, the met, church. Oh, her church yes. met Thursdays. Okay. Yes, and I happened to get home a Thursday, and the pastor... He was black, and because mm-hmm. I was so drawn to to, mm-hmm. to blacks, I just sat there and I, and I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll get a chance to 
preach <laughs> about Rastafarianism. <laughs> but he, he was teaching about Jesus. It was just as, I don't remember what he taught, but I do remember there was a verse in John that said, look how much God loves us that he calls us children of God, yeah. and that is exactly what we are. And yeah. I, don't, I remember the verse, and I just remember, like, there was something that night that he opened my eyes and to see Jesus, mm. to see him. And I was like, is he the one? Is he really mm. the one? Like, I, I was speechless. I couldn't. I, I couldn't even sleep that night. Like I, I had these long, beautiful dreads. I was all confused. I feel I, I felt bad from last the, the previous night, and I and I knew that it wasn't how I was living. wasn't feeling that emptiness or wasn't uh, enough. Yeah. <laughs> and there was something about that particular teaching that made made it clear that Jesus was the one that I had been looking for. Mm. Yeah. The Holy Spirit. Yeah. The Holy yeah. Spirit. Yeah. 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 Huh. He so did of, you go talk to the pastor afterwards? Did you talk to anyone or were you just sort of internalizing like, okay, there's something different about this message? Yes. I yeah. went to sleep. I didn't talk mm-hmm. to anyone, but the next morning I talked with my mom and I told her, I think it's time for me to come back home. Mm-hmm. And oh, I, I want to cry. She started crying and she said, come home. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I, I went back to the beach and I told my friends, I think I found the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're all like, oh, Nadi. But one of them said, um, go, and when you find it, come back and tell us about it. I love reggae music. I love the beach. I, <laughs> I love that culture. But there was something stronger in me that drove me to go back to the city because mm-hmm. that's where I was going to grow spiritually. And I had to obey. Yeah. Like yeah. The, I, ha- I, I have to go. Yeah, I, I have to. Go. Go. I, I wasn't. It was, and I had come to a really bad place yeah. in my mm-hmm. life, so it wasn't even worth staying. Because I, yeah. it. I mean, I was a mess. Did you stop smoking marijuana? Um. So when I went back, I. It was hard. You uh, lived with your mom. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She had a space for me. They were waiting with open arms for mm-hmm. me. It was amazing. <laughs> it was like a, a new life. I left everything behind, and so I, I had to choose what to study because my mm-hmm. mom did say, you got to study. Mm-hmm. And so I started I studied nutrition. Mm-hmm. She did say, you, if you want to grow, you got to get into a Bible study or a, or a group. Mm-hmm. And so I got into every group I could. I think I went to everything there was <laughs> every day of the week and Sundays. Because <laughs> I, I was thirsty. Yeah, yeah. Thirsty. And I knew I had been wrong and I mm-hmm. wasted the years. Mm-hmm. I've done so much damage to my family and my friends. And I was sure I was living a lie. Mm-hmm. So I just went to prayer meetings and Bible studies and women's things and kids things and I mm-hmm. started serving and I started going through any mission things. So well, you seem like you were an evangelist of whatever you were into. But <laughs> <laughs> God just saved you, <laughs> and you became a, a real evangelist mm-hmm. of the truth. Mm-hmm. So that night, some, 
the truth was revealed to me. But it wasn't until some months that I went to a retreat, a student mm -hmm. ministry retreat or a young adults retreat, that I gave my life to him, like really confessed my sin mm -hmm. and repented and acknowledged that I needed a savior. Mm -hmm. So it was months later mm -hmm. and I... I need him today just as much I, that I needed him yeah. back then. So I, I'm still recognizing my sin and my mm. need of a savior. But several months later, I went back to the beach mm -hmm. and I went back mm. to my old lifestyle. Like maybe seven to eight months of growing, I went back mm. and I started drinking and smoking mm. again. Mm -hmm. And I remember that when I smoked, I felt like, like God would abandon me mm -hmm. if I kept doing that. Like I felt I wasn't pleasing him mm -hmm. or I felt it was completely wrong. Like there was a conviction that I was not living for him. And mm -hmm. I had just grown for seven months mm -hmm. and... <clears throat> <laughs> and I went back to the same thing. Yeah. I relapsed and I and mm -hmm. I and I remember just thinking <laughs> will he ever forgive me? Mm -hmm. Like will I yeah. ever found find forgiveness? It took me like 2 months before I went back again. Back mm -hmm. home. Back, back to, to my city, mom's yeah. house <laughs> again. So yes, I smoked again, and yeah. it was a t since that day I haven't smoked, mm -hmm. and um, I haven't been drunk like those times since. I mean, I really felt convicted that that is not what God had mm -hmm. called me, and He had just saved me from that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You had a How weight I... about it that you had never had before, and I knew I was His now. I had been growing. I had mm -hmm. given he, my life to Him. The Holy Spirit was in me, and I did feel the my actions were really grieving Him, and mm -hmm. I, and that feeling or that emptiness again. Yeah. And my real battle was: Will He ever forgive me? Do you think some of your Catholic teaching kind of came back from childhood about I'm going to have to do penance or do some way of to earn God's um, approval of me again? Yes, completely. Mm. I thought I had, and I actually have, that's one of my struggles, mm. to earn his approval instead mm. of believing that I am his and that I have, he did it on the cross for me. Right. I don't have mm -hmm. to do anything else. Mm -hmm. So I still struggle with that, mm -hmm. I think, because it's in me for years growing up thinking that we got to make him happy and not angry. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> that's one of my struggles to in the present day, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. seeing mm -hmm. him how he sees me. Yeah. A sinner, but also forgiven completely. Right. After those two months, you, you were like, okay, yeah, this is wrong, and I'm going back. Did your mom receive you again? Yes, actually, <clears throat> because of the influence that I had, I took my one of my sisters and a friend with me when I went back and relapsed. Oh. So I had two disciples with me. <laughs> oh, and so did they kind of convert to Rastafarian? Yes, not like I was, but okay. but lifestyle, lifestyle, okay. correct. And so I, my mom kept 
praying and fasting for us. And she called us one day and she said, there's a retreat coming and I want you and your sister to go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, of course we will go. <laughs> I'm like, we're at the beach. We're far away from God. I knew Jesus. And yeah. my sister slept with her Bible open in her chest because she had known him and mm -hmm. grown. And then I took her to that mm -hmm. lifestyle. And my friend, oh, I love her, but she's still not a believer. Mm -hmm. And so I do pray for her, for her conversion. But um, my, I told my sister what my mom said, and she's like, okay, our bosses will never let us go, but if they do, we'll go. And so she went to tell her boss. She worked with a French lady who had a French restaurant. Mm -hmm. And she said, of course, go. And I'm like, oh. well, I'm going to tell the bar. Who, who's going to let the best bartender bartender right? go on a weekend <laughs> and i told the truth I'm, my mom wants us to go to a spiritual retreat i don't want to go but what do you think and he said you need to go mm. <laughs> <laughs> of course. and we're like what okay. i guess we to have to go now retreat huh. but we went and my sister was so convicted that mm -hmm. she didn't even go back to the beach to get her things. Wow. And I, in, in one of our small group times, there was an example of a person not living in community. Like, because mm -hmm. I, I was telling people, oh, of course I'm a believer, or but I'm just a little bit, I'm enjoying life a little bit right now. But there was an example of how can you grow if you are not in community, in biblical community? Mm. How are you going to serve the body of Christ? How are you going to use your gifts? How are you going to develop your faith if you are all by yourself? Mm. And we were just going in a circle. And that question was my question. I, right. They didn't even pick me to read it. It was just my... Mm -hmm. And I just started crying. And I told them, I, I am that person. I am the person that's not in community. Mm -hmm. And I am that person that's not growing. And I know the truth. And I am not doing anything about it. Mm -hmm. And when I got back home, our conviction was so strong that I went again... <laughs> And packed our bags again, and I told everyone again. My sister couldn't even go, I and I just, mm. one of my friends said, I'm going to the city tomorrow, I'll take you. Oh. And he took me back. Oh. And since then, I have been growing. <laughs> I in, haven't gone back. In community, in biblical community. In biblical community, <laughs> not by myself, yes. Yeah. Mm. So when did you get rid of your dreads, your beautiful long dreads? <laughs> yes, I. <laughs> um, it was a year after I came back from the beach. Okay. So I, I was called Natty Dread, um, <laughs> and there's a song by Bob Marley called Natty Dread. Natty Dread. Oh, and okay. I really found my identity in my dreads mm. and my nicknames and who I was. Yeah. But one year of growing and. I, I remember I just said, oh, my identity is not in that. I have a new identity. Mm -hmm. So I decided to cut my dreads and start mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. I gave That's them to me. my mom and half to my mom, half to my dad. I, they both <laughs> cried so much. They did. 
Because they, of course, wanted those. Because they were happy that you were cutting them off. Yeah. So it was tears of happiness. Tears of happiness, of course, because they had experienced. I mean, I've heard them and I've Mm. seen against them uh, by doing what I thought was right. So, Mm. and I do want to add just um, like in part of my story, I. It's not like he saved me from this mess and this sin and these lies and this confusion. He did. He saved me and he showed me the the way, the truth and the life. But I need his forgiveness today as mm. much as I needed it back. Like when mm. I tell my story, I it's not like, woo, now I'm perfect or I, mm. I still have struggle with sin. Yeah. I still struggle with self-promotion or with idols or the mm. I want the approval of people more than the approval of God. I still need him, his his grace mm. and his I still need my savior mm. every day. Yes. Like it's not <laughs> it's not like he he saved me and now um, I'm perfect or I'm great. Yeah. Uh, it's opposite. Right. It's actually the more I get to know him, the more I cannot believe. The more believe you see you need heart. him. Yes, yeah. the more I need him yeah. and the more I, I'm in awe that he would love me yeah. during those times that I was mm. that I was really rejecting him. Mm. And even then I knew him and I decided to take my own way Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. then he forgave me and Mm -hmm. even today he forgives me like i Mm -hmm. i tell people my my story is i mean it'll end when i when i die it's that's my past but it's my present as well i'm just thankful i can be open Mm -hmm. even to students or kids or any other woman that i am not perfect Mm -hmm. and i have this past yes this i did these things and i still struggle and i can Mm -hmm. still that's why we can relate and we can have biblical community together and i hope to break that uh, that that mentality Mm -hmm. of in latin america it's very much as you have you you are perfect when you're saved Mm -hmm. and you you don't sin anymore and i I, it i hope we can show them it's not like that (laughs) i need god the same if not more Oh, I do uh, have a psalm that yeah. I can oh, read. Yeah. It's Psalm 1611. It says, You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. And I remember, like, all those places that I searched, mm-hmm. and it, until I met Jesus, and the real truth was, I was filled with joy. And that mm-hmm. emptiness, mm-hmm. that I, I, it was filled with joy. Yeah. Joy from Him, from His presence, from yeah. being with Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's the only one that now it's enough. I don't, I, I'm not in that confusion or emptiness or loneliness or that. I have this in, in our bathroom, <laughs> so I oh, won't forget <laughs> that he showed me the path yeah. of life and he filled me with joy in his presence. <laughs> so I noticed on Facebook you and Emma, Emma are making bracelets. We <gasps> That's funny. Now I'm like, oh, that's where she Uh, is. It's a Rastafarian coming out of Natalie. (laughs) So with this COVID and being at home, we had to get creative. And I told, well, I have a secret talent. I 
I used to make bracelets for a living. Oh. So we, I taught them. Even Joshua is making oh, bracelets. Oh, so that's we, fun. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> but yeah, they're making bracelets, mm. listening to reggae music while we make bracelets. <laughs> So you still listen to reggae music? I do. do. I like it. I dance and my kids dance uh, to it. But and Robbie, how does he like reggae? He does. He does. He wants me to have dreads again. (laughs) I'm like, I'm glad you didn't meet me during that moment because you wouldn't have asked prayer because it would have been a no immediately. Monumental is hosted by Katie Walker and Amy Molina. It's produced and edited by Katie Walker. And it is executive produced by Nathan Alberson and Jake Menzel. If you like the show, please don't forget to rate and review in the app of your choice. And if you're interested in more great content, including articles and other podcasts, please visit warhermedia.com.